Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of Two Peas in a Pod, a drop pod that is. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. We are the Two Peas in a Pod. Um, today we want to talk to you about a few awesome things. So first we're going to go for On the Painting Desk, uh, talk about what we've got at the moment that we're working on. Then we'll move on to some 40k. Um, there's a there's an imminent release coming up apparently, so we'll talk a bit about that. Have they? They've kept that one quiet. They have, haven't they? They have. They, they've yeah. not put anything out there at all about that at all. Nothing. Huh? Um, we'll then move on to Age of Sigma into the Mortal Realms. We're going to talk a little bit about how Ben was completely misguided and a bit of a fool to start with uh, and didn't get involved <laughs> in that. And then a bit about what we'd like to see in the future. Uh, and then finally, we're going to tell you a little bit about a hobby project we're going to be getting up to over the next few months, hoping that some of you come along for the ride. Thank you for joining us, guys. Let's crack on. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk now about um, what projects we've got going on on our painting desk, which includes not just painting, but the gaming that we're up to too. And uh, I'm going to start off and talk about uh, the model that I've just painted, uh, which when I first saw it in the White Dwarf, I thought was absolutely hideous. Uh, it's the uh, Logan Grimnar Chariot, um, which I've got some stick from my mates for, I can tell you. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Uh, but actually, <laughs> I really enjoyed painting it though, Dan. It was, um, it's a cracking model once it's put together. Um, and yeah, okay, I get, I get all the arguments about um, what the hell is it doing in the forty k universe? What is a wolf got to offer on a battlefield? Um, but you know what? I just don't care. It's stunning. Um, I loved it. I'm moving on to Logan Grimnar now. <laughs> so I don't. I really don't care. <laughs> I think maybe the wolves would have been, could have been a bit bigger. I don't. I don't overtly, you know, it is a bit, it is a bit absurd. Like it is clearly a Viking part of a Viking long shot. Oh, it's blatantly absurd. It's not, it's not the worst thing ever. Logan on the back actually is really, really good. I really like the Logan. Yeah, picture. definitely. Yeah, um, I'm almost nervous to paint him. Actually, he's so yeah. nice. I want to perhaps leave him for a little bit until I've settled in. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, your paint is pretty, pretty good, mate. So I wouldn't worry too much, but. I remember the first Logan miniature. Yeah. It's still one of my favourites. It's the first Terminator that they did that was actually dynamic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And looked like he was yeah. doing something. And I just remember seeing it for the first time and just being blown away. And actually, I think I did start doing some Space Wolves off the back of it. Oh, yeah. um, I <laughs> sprayed them Space Wolf Grey, uh, which was quite bright. Uh, did you dip those? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't dip those, no. <laughs> No, they avoided the paint pot treatment. Yeah, I, I mean, recently I've been up to some uh, to some restoration work, uh, getting some old RBT-01 Space Marines um, back from the graveyard, and I'm going to post some of those pictures up on Facebook because I'm really proud of them. Uh, I got into the hobby just after those were phasing out, really, and um, uh, I always they were in every magazine, every every book that I was reading. There was pictures of them. Um, and I really wanted some, but of course they, they weren't for sale anymore. Uh, so I never got any, but I've recently grabbed a, a box of bits off of eBay and stuck them, uh, cleaned them, stuck them back together, and, uh, and I think they look fab. Um, that was quite uh, an enjoyable project, actually, especially going back over all of the uh, decals and the markings and, and seeing them now. I was going to say, actually, mate, oh, what, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the transfers that you used because... You really went to town, didn't you? You yeah. went back and looked at Rogue Trader, yeah. picked up what the decals and or what the markings would have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually bought and an old set of transfers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and uh, and actually, to be honest, once you do a bit more of a modern paint job on them, which you did, a really nice, nice one, I would add. Um, they look ace. They do. They look ace. They might be. They might be old, but they look ace. <laughs> they're a bit, they're a bit <laughs> short do. now, especially compared to their Primaris brothers. Well, they're the new squat release, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And they are <laughs> quite literally squatting some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm moving on to some um, rhinos to finish that set off, but uh, I, I don't know when I'm going to do those because I'm just learning how to use a uh, airbrush. Thanks to Dan here, he's come talked me into it. 
Um, and I I'm, I'm kind of don't want to crack on with the uh, tanks until I've uh, got a bit better with the with the airbrush. Good choice. Mm. Some, yeah, always learning. I think that's one of the cool things about the hobby, isn't it? That uh, actually there's so much, uh, there's so many different things, there's so many aspects. If it's not a book, it's painting. If it's not painting models, it's making scenery. If it's not that, it's playing games. Um, and you can just keep rotating. Uh, and I'm always learning new things. I don't think there's a month that goes by in this hobby where I'm not learning something new, which is cool. Yeah, that's good. Uh, as long as you keep doing that. Yeah keep pushing yourself uh, and as long as you just keep actually doing some hobby even a little bit uh, yeah you'll improve and, and the thing is actually time wise that's quite challenging because we're both um we're both parents with uh small kids and uh and fitting in the hobby is is challenging um and uh, knowing when to stop the hobby is challenging <laughs> as well because uh, it's a welcome distraction sometimes um yeah I'm sure we'll we'll talk about our kids uh, from time to time, won't we? Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's one of the things we want to cover, isn't it? It's how how do we find the time uh, and uh, and bringing the children into the hobby? You know, yes, uh, Tristan is my uh, eldest eldest lad. He's five, and uh, he absolutely loves the stuff. Um, or painted his first model recently, and it's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I'll put a picture of that one up too. Um, brilliant. So, uh, what's on your hobby desk at the moment, Dan? Well, you're not going to like it. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, I am currently in the process of painting two rhinos for my corn army oh. uh, for 40k. So, I'm <laughs> sorry, man. They, they're to go alongside another one, which I've done. And I'll get pictures of these up as well. So, I, I really like the rhino kit. What I'm not so keen on is the Chaos Rhino people. Just bits bolted on, isn't it? Yeah, well, it looks a little bit like somebody got an old Victorian fence and stuck it on the side. That's what I always think. <laughs> so, yeah, it does, doesn't yeah, it? It does, it does exactly as well. What it like. so, um, so what I wanted to do was make something that looked a bit more chaotic. Now, I haven't gone, because it's corn, I haven't gone mad and sort of mutated it to look like a, you know, a slug with a troop compartment or some weird stuff like that. And I have seen some amazing stuff, but what I've gone for is a lot of the brass work. So I got some two mil wide strips of mm. um, plastic card. I've put them around it and then cut yeah. little triangles to be like spiky bits that go go along as well. Uh, and I'll obviously yeah. get them up. And then little things like, so some of the, the upgrade stuff from the Chaos, um, Chaos Sprue is really good. So there's like skulls on chains. Those have gone on there. The spears with heads on yeah. those have gone on but again with the spear stuff rather than just sticking it on i've drilled holes in the tanks and tried to push them in so they look a bit more like they're part of the miniature yeah um rather than just an addition um yeah one yeah. of them and they're very corn cool, aren't they all of that yeah, kind absolutely. of trophy taking now i'm not i'm not one for paint like i like my miniatures not too complicated with too many little details because i'm quite impatient and i like to get stuff done so I don't want to paint loads of stuff. So I, I haven't yeah. gone totally mental. Uh, one of them I've converted a bit to make the hull look a bit different um, and then mounted a Havoc launcher on top of it. Not really for any game purposes. I just think it'll, yeah. it'll look good. Um, I really like the Havoc launcher, actually. Is, is that the one with the six six tubes? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I think that's a great little addition, actually. Yeah. So where am i up to with those so those are currently i'm painting all the brass work with the base color so i'm using balthazar gold for those um you'll find listening to this i, I use a loads of different stuff um i do have the whole get uh, citadel range and i use it quite a lot that's probably that makes up the core of my painting but i also use a lot of vallejo um tamia is my favorite when i get to airbrushing um jet do use a bit of oils more in my heresy collection um, generally I, I use what works um, and what's convenient so it's really easy for me to pick up the colours and you're really good at painting tanks it's worth the, I, I'm I'm always impressed looking at your vehicles um, even with your gaming table standard for me I just think it looks fab um, you do a cracking job with your airbrush and doing uh, weathering uh, which is something I got to catch up with really I'm, I'm, I'm a year behind at least on weathering i kind of missed that hobby train it's interesting you mentioned that because i um with the rhinos i was talking about they're not they're not weathered um 
because I started that project before I really looked at getting into that. So my heresy army is where we do tend to see that more. Um, so with the rhinos, I haven't gone for yeah. weathering, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about weathering. Um, I think you're not going to. No, no, I won't. I won't be weathering them because I don't want to go back no. over the army. Um, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Which I would yeah. need to do if if I weathered them. I, I, you know, maybe I will at some point, but it's not. I'm happy with the look of it. Um, unweathered, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say after that? And I got talking about. Oh yes, the nice thing about weathering that I like is um, it it can be quite a quick process, especially for a tabletop standard. Yeah. So obviously, at, like many things, at the high end level, at the competition level, it it's incredible and it's not quick. But yeah, at the level at which I'm looking to paint, um, and we'll talk about you know my thoughts around what you know what what to aim for painting wise at some point. I really like it. So. Um, so with the rhinos, where they're red, all the red's done. I'm just working on the brass work. The red is is just corn red, um, Agrax Earth shade, a bit more corn red, and an edge of Evil Sun Scarlet. So keeping it nice and simple, um, and then yeah. say up to Balthazar Gold. And I'm hoping that by the time we record the next one, they'll be done because corn berserkers are amazing, and they need to get around the battlefield. You got to trap them inside. Oh. They need to get around the battlefield because actually they're so stupid they get lost and Mate, just wander off. I'm not going to sit here and defend them. When we do the gaming segment after we've played our first game, we'll see what's <laughs> to be said. Oh, uh, it's worth pointing out yes, our first course. game with eighth edition. First game of eighth edition. So, um, <laughs> so that's painting death. Gaming wise, there's some quite a, a few developments actually, isn't there? For me, uh, I've uh, just managed to find myself a new gaming club. Uh, which is pretty cool because uh, down where I live in in uh, in Bodmin, which is Cornwall, uh, for those of you listening from other countries, if we have you know listeners from other countries, which would be quite exciting. Uh, that's the sort of foot on the end of um, of Britain, and it's literally the arse end of nowhere. Um, and all of the gaming clubs were a good hour's drive away from me, um, but fortunately, someone's just set one up just down the road, so. Um, rather than trying to coerce my wife into playing uh, games of 40k, uh, I've now got a club to go go down and play. So that's pretty cool. Yes, that's, I'm, I was very excited when you told me that happened because I always feel for you a bit because um, you're a bit out of the way down there trying to find gaming buddies. I'm really lucky, so I'm in Bristol. Um, number of gaming venues in Bristol. I, I go to see Jim a lot down at Bristol Independent Gaming. Um, really really enjoy that he hasn't paid me anything to shout that out i just genuinely really really enjoy it um <laughs> the, what's really cool about jim and about big is it's it's a developing story so when you first go in certainly when i first went in i was a bit like oh well you know i can do i can do better than this at home but what jim keeps doing is investing in the range of products he holds but also the quality of his gaming tables he's always great for a chat Certainly, yeah. in the last year or so, he's, he seems to have a real wealth of knowledge, um, and I'm lucky in that the games workshops that are near me are also good. But I would say, and you've got two games workshops near you. I've got two games workshops near me in Bristol, yeah, and one of them is open until nine o'clock at night, uh, which I have used in the past <laughs> <laughs> when when I was I was overcome by the need for a box of possessed at half past eight at night. Um, uh, hang on, we need to pause there. You were overcome. For the need for a box of possessed of possessed uh, we now have your heresy recorded we do for prosperity so that i can beat you around the head with it the next so, time i'm so seeing you do, do you not agree though right if you're gonna have a good game you need you need both sides don't you yeah we've had this conversation yeah, before and actually it's a, it's a really important point because i completely agree uh, I don't want to be kicking the snot out of your salamanders, and I don't want to be kicking the snot out of your ultramarines. I do want to be kicking the snot out of your uh, corn army um, and using them to lubricate the treads on my tanks. Um, and I think that's I think that probably works both ways, doesn't it? So um, I think it's worth having for me as much as I absolutely hate chaos. Um, I do enjoy painting them. Um, because they, they do open up a wealth of kind of painting opportunities. 
Um, and the same goes for all the other armies. Where Eldar particularly love painting those. Um, and orcs. I've, I've always wanted to really get stuck into orc painting because there's some uh, interesting uh, use of other colours in uh, orcs. So using purples on their skin tones that you can get some really awesome skin tones that I'd love to try out. Um, but never really got around to it. Uh, and I think having those armies available so other people have got something to play against is really important um, so that you can have a you know a range of battles rather than forcing each other to have space marine versus space marine which can happen a lot and working in games workshop i saw that happen a lot because everyone loves space marines understandably and uh, most people have an army of space marines well we're, um, we're so really most battles aren't we so we're quite far into our hobby journey as it were um, um yeah, yeah you know when you're just starting out you just want to collect what's cool what you think is cool and you and there's always an element of that obviously but and it, this goes back a bit to the hobby visions we talked about in in the intro um episode we recorded yeah it, it's about being part of a community so yeah. where i am or within my small group of of guys that i play against at the moment which i'm hoping will will grow um most of them in fact all of them were imperial players now yeah. i love the imperium i love the diversity i've got an ultramarine army i really wanted to grow it and add to it but i don't want to just play my ultramarines versus blood angels all the time yeah. so i when age of sigma came out i used that as a springboard into doing corn because they were in the starter set and then from there it's not a big step across to, to 40k corn yeah no and it's the corn in the age of sigma starters kit are absolutely stunning models they really really are um apart from that big beast thing i just can't work out what the hell is going on with his head <laughs> yeah. oh it's just like a Corcoran. little tiny head oh yeah what is going on there well he's um, he's obviously a bit dim isn't he so he doesn't need like a big all head corn yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's uh that's on the painting guest guys we're going to pop off now and have a quick break um join us again and we'll be talking about the new 40k which could be just Ooh. around the corner catch you later guys hi guys welcome back so um we are moving on to talk about the well, I'm sure none of you've realised it's coming. The imminent release of the new Warhammer 40,000 8th edition. And we're actually sat here on the eve of greatness. Um, it's out tomorrow, yeah. which is really, really exciting. Uh, we're both we're both buzzing for it. So, um, Ben, come on then. What what are your thoughts as we, we wait upon the cusp of something uh, awesome? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever been so excited about the release of a 40k and... I don't know whether that's because the uh, the build-up has been so long, and it has been so long, um, or whether it's just that um, they didn't do a box set for the last one. So I feel a little bit kind of like this is the first box set in ages. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm dead excited about it. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And um, if the rail mailman doesn't turn up tomorrow with my, <laughs> with my box of... Um, my box of uh, models, I'm going to be pretty upset. So if you hear a, a noise bellowing across Cornwall, that'll be me uh, shouting out in despair. There's been a disturbance in the <laughs> yeah, force. Absolutely. Ben has not received his yeah. box set. Uh, it'd be like the, the Darth Vader waking up as Darth Vader for the first time at the end of the episode three. Um, although um, that probably is best struck from the science fiction record, if we're being honest. <laughs> no! <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Not not the time and the pace for that no. debate, but <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. Uh, maybe we've one. had uh, mixed opinions about it, though, haven't we, Dan? We've been going through um, ups and downs, especially about the Primaris Marines, but um, I think now we're, everything's settled, we're, we're both pretty buzzing for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah, it's been a bit of an odd one for me, because I am quite an excitable fellow, it has been known. <laughs> From time oh, to no. time. No, come on, that's a bit harsh on yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm massively excitable about Games Workshop. Pretty much they release something new and I'm just, oh, that's amazing, that's amazing. Um, Really, really like it. So when Primaris Marines hit, I started off by being exciting because they are new Space Marines. 
but I've gone through a real up and down, which is quite odd. Um, and it's largely about what what the Primaris mean for standard Space mm. Marines. And just by saying standard Space Marines... It's kind of the point, isn't it? In, in itself yeah. is the point, yeah. The, the space Marines are not standard. Um, they are incredible. And this next generation of Space Marines, for me, somehow it just lessens space marines that little bit um, yeah and and it's i think it's a combination it's not just the background it's also the yeah. miniatures because it, they won't i don't know some people will lots of people will disagree with this uh, and games workshop officially would disagree <laughs> with this but i don't think they will fit together i just don't i i do not envisage adding primaris space marines to my current ultramarine army I, I certainly don't envisage Primaris Marines being part of a new force that I build where I then go out and purchase um, the current range of Marines. Um, so I think that that's a great shame because there's some fantastic models in the Space Marine range. But now, now that uh, now that we're just around the corner, having seen the miniatures in the flesh um, and, and also comparing back to what happened with the Stormcast. So the Stormcast boomed from a tiny little you know bit in a box set yeah. into this awesome range of miniatures yeah. and, and we're gonna see the same well we're gonna see better than but a lot of people really didn't have uh had a lot of strong feelings about the stormcast didn't they i mean uh, they were a completely new direction well, it's and... an emotional hobby yeah. isn't it it's a really emotional hobby it, it is emotion i remember being told once that when we um when we were selling product we weren't what we were doing is selling emotion yeah, or creating yeah. emotion. Because when you buy your miniatures, you buy them because they have a a positive, they generate positive and emotional yeah. response. That's a bit deep now. That's getting a bit crazy. But that's fundamentally what it is. And, <laughs> yeah, getting a bit philosophical. But, you know, now I've seen the miniatures and I love, oh, I'm so excited about the way they interact. So things like the ancient, the banner bearer, impacting models within six inches, the guy in Gravis armor, the captain, impacting guys within six inches the lieutenants impacting mm. guys i love that kind of synergy and the fact that the freedom it gives them you know it's always so frustrating command squads what the hell was going yeah. on with that like every book you read it's like how often does it say you know brother amadeus was everywhere at that time or something crazy like that and and then you're like well no he isn't actually because he's, he's going around with his mates in yeah, the command squad yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, I'm really but excited. Those kind of uh, those well. effects aren't just about the primary space screens, and you know I think that's going to be a really cool rule change that you know apothecaries aren't just stuck there putting plasters on the the captain and his um and his drinking buddies. Yeah, they can literally he's, move he's, to the has an effect on everyone. The part of the table, yeah, yeah, to where the battle is. Uh, and for me, actually, going back to what you were saying about will they fit in with an army. Well, having just done some rogue trader marines, one of the things that I feel is actually um, models are timeless in a sense, and uh, those rogue trader models look just as good in some ways as the space marines next to them, even though they're about a foot shorter in reality, you know, in scale. Um, and the primary space marines stuck in the middle of an army, I think for me, it's not just about how they, I think it's how they look as models. They will fit. We'll make them fit. I'll make them fit. Um, I'll, I'll model them and hobby them up so that they, they look like they're part of my space wolf force but I think the key thing for me is trying to explain what the hell is going to be the reaction, the emotion the the relationship between an Astartes and a Primaris Marine I, I mean now we know that they can upgrade to be Primaris Marines why in the hell would you not do that I mean if you're Ragnar Brackmane um a renowned space wolf uh, captain, wolf lord. Um, why would you not upgrade? Because it would um, just be ridiculous. The, the only reason is because you're dead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if your whole purpose in life, your whole purpose in life is to stride around the galaxy, kicking the shite out of everything that stands against the Imperium, um, then you're going to do what's necessary... Uh, to make yourself better at that. And if that's training every day, it's training every day. If it's, you know, uh, having your arm replaced with a bionic one, it's doing that. If it's uh, if it's getting upgraded to be a primary space marine, 
you're going to do it. Um, so for me, I think I'm really keen to get my hands on Dark Imperium, the book. Um, I'm really keen to read about how they're interacting, what the Space Marines think about all this, um, and what the Primaris think of the Space Marines, because, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, these guys are brand new, uh, and they're going to be dropped into a brotherhood, um, and they're going to stick out like sore thumbs, because they, they're going to be better in a lot of ways, but theoretically worse, because they're not as experienced as some as the Space Marines. So I think there's a lot to explore there. Interesting as well, that in the artwork, um, that, that awesome chamber scene where Gilliman uh, is stood there and Cool unveils his creation. And I know, like, Gilliman was, was expecting, yeah, maybe a squad. Yeah. Maybe a company. Possibly a chap, possibly a chapter. And then Paul's <laughs> like, well, no, actually, look, boom. And they're all in little pods. And it begs the question, so a normal space marine, <laughs> a space yeah. marine, you know, guys selected at sort of 12, age 12, goes through all the training, um, the ridiculous yeah. trials, etc etc um then is genetically you know starts getting implanted with the gene seed and and all the organs etc and it takes years and years to become a space marine now has cool gone around the galaxy gathering up likely aspirants um and they're in those chambers because that's like generating them into the primaris or is he growing them you know are they clones um where where have they all come from yeah it's an interesting um, thing isn't it because if they have been just um created from scratch um then they're going to be essentially children in some ways when they come out it's just odd when you think about it but um well it is odd because one of the things that's often stated by by detractors of space marines is they have got no no personality and they're too boring yeah. but actually they have got a personality and a humanity, and that's what led to the heresy. Um, but it it's also what makes them interesting, really, I suppose. And different yeah. chapters have yeah. it to different degrees. You know, the the yeah. salamanders are humanity champions of humanity. Um, that you know, the common folk. The ultramarines are more your defenders of um, of the Imperium as a concept i suppose um your space wolves are your have a laugh and have a beer guys <laughs> and also one of the uh i'd like to point out one of the defenders of humanity you know they've got themselves in a few fights with the inquisition yes over that, that is true yeah yeah yeah, they have, yeah. but so i suppose we're, we've got a lot to look forward to with that haven't we because um, we're both avid black library fans and um, i'm sure they'll come up with some cracking stories to unfold that but um I'm still on the fence when it comes to the background. Um, I'm definitely, definitely not on the fence when it comes to the models. Those guys just look amazing. And um, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on them tomorrow. Um, very much so. But we, let's move on from the primary space means and, and think about the game as a whole. Because I didn't play 7th edition. Um, that was more because I was uh, doing some exams, which took all of my time. Um, but actually... Had 7th edition been less complicated, I probably would have got stuck in. Um, I think there was so much going on with that system that as someone who hadn't played for a while, it was really intimidating. Mm. Um, so I'm quite excited to have the slate wiped clean just as I'm getting back into the hobby, having uh, finished all of my qualifications. And uh, it's kind of fortuitous, it's good timing, um, so I can get uh, get stuck in with a new rule system. Uh, and actually looking at the rule system and listening to people's feedback, uh, it sounds like it's going to be much slicker, doesn't it, Dan? Much faster. Yeah, it does. Um, it, so I've had a chance to play it a couple of times, little intros, and it it is very slick. Um, it's not too ambiguous, which is good. I think the point for me, and, and it's Ben, I think you're a great example of this, is if you are coming back to the hobby or if yeah. you are coming to the hobby for the first time, this is going to be a lot more accessible. Um, yeah. Or even if you're in the hobby and you just want to do a new army, uh, yeah. you aren't going to need a, an absolute mountain of books. You, yeah. It really, it will facilitate you using awesome miniatures a lot more. 
Um, yeah, and I'm I'm really keen to start doing some narrative battles rather than because uh, I'm I'm not big into competitive stuff. I absolutely love narrative battles. And the, and the addition of power levels, I love the power levels for for narrative. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, the three ways to play: letting people embrace the hobby they want to play. Yeah. Um. Not bogging things down. And to be honest, it seems to have received a really good review. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it will go really well, and Games Workshop will continue to push it and support it and the hobby will continue to grow i hope so i really hope so i will be out of a podcast <laughs> we'll yeah, have to change yeah. it'll be two peas talking about uh something else <laughs> something else yeah. it won't be for everybody some people won't make the transition i think it'll be a lot smaller percentage than the number of people that didn't make the transition from ape into age of sigma or certainly at the outset anyway um yeah it won't be for everyone that you know there'll be people that love seventh but and I, I enjoy 7th. I play Heresy. Um, that uses at its core the 7th edition rules. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have a problem. But then maybe that's because my Heresy games are a bit more relaxed. Um, I don't play in highly competitive environments. I, I've been to a couple of narrative events that were really good fun. So you never really have to get into the minutiae of the rules. Yeah. You, you know, but, at that level. I think, I think with... 30k though it solved one of the big problems with 7th edition which was the imbalance in the force um they're all space marines basically and uh the rules have been balanced from the start again so actually it works in a lot of ways whereas i think one of the things that i've noticed and put me off getting back in is is the amount of bitching about uh power armies about oh you know if you play tau you know blah, 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 elder blah, blah, blah. but i think you've got you've just got to be careful because when you like yourself don't have a copy community around you even if you do often especially if your main source of the hobby is the internet yeah what that's you very see true is what you see is is the vocal group now i'm not saying seventh was perfect it definitely wasn't and i'm not saying that there wasn't um armies that seem to perform better or worse there, there definitely was but with regards to people bitching about it people will complain and moan no matter what edition it is i think it's, mm. it's the approach you want to take when you're gaming and yeah i get it like it must be really frustrating if you're a competitive player and you're in it for the competition it must be frustrating and that's why i'm really glad that there's a new edition for those guys but if you're a narrative player I don't. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't really no. matter. Um, but what I what I am really excited about is they release some little um, snippets and a lot of the missions I remember from third edition, which is really cool because there's like some ambush ones and some yeah. diagonal ones. So that's that's really good. I'm really excited about that about the mission. I'm just excited about digging in and playing. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be great. Definitely. Really, really good. I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is the is the fact that it's going to be a fluid and evolving edition with things like that. They're talking about the um, chapter approved. Yeah, I've actually got a uh, a couple of chapter approved from 2003 uh, sat on my shelf. Um, so it's nice to see that back, and I think that's going to make a real difference, actually. Yeah, definitely. Well, that it's been been billed as the the general's handbook of 40k. So we know, and yeah. um, we'll we'll talk about it more in in the AOS segment probably. But we know that the General's Handbook is going to be updated yearly um, to keep mm. the game uh, fresh and try and provide balance. And it's going to be done so with lots of feedback from the community, which is yeah. a fantastic direction. It's really good. So yeah, I I completely agree. It's great to see that. It's great to see celebration of the past. You know. Yeah. There yeah. was a time. When you didn't mention epic, you didn't mention gothic, you didn't mention oh, any totally. of that stuff. That that happened, you know. There was a time when it wasn't, and probably, well, no, actually, I was going to say probably because we were in Games Workshop and that's what we we were, you know, we were sort of told. But even there online, was actually a time where we were discouraged from letting people play specialist play. games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, in, no, in there, the shop, still, wasn't there? Yeah. Well, yeah, and and actually, that'll be that'll be an interesting conversation for some time. Is the whole. Um, you know, in a gaming store, do you let people play games that you can't sell? 
yeah i i think it's an interesting one but one for another time um <laughs> i think there's yeah there's lots of aspects to that but what's great now is there's this real pride in what yeah in the 40k un- in in all the universes in, in all the ip and what's gone before and bringing it forward and and building on it and that's just fantastic and and you can see that in this this version of you know white dwarf people have got white dwarf now um with the new edition in it they talk to the painters uh that paint the paint do the artwork they're really excited and they're talking about evolution um yeah. I, I, you just get the sense that everybody's really proud of it this yeah. edition yeah really happy yeah, to have worked on it which is fantastic and talking about like harking back to the past um at warhammer fest they were talking about painting uh decals on the primary space marines which is a uh, decals and and flat surface painting are a really interesting part of painting because in second edition uh, space marines didn't have a lot going on on them so uh, they a lot of the detailing was done by painting it on and uh, we we're talking about favorite models but uh, my favorite model was a terminator captain with a grenade launcher on his fist i think that's an iconic model for me um, and one of the things that sticks out is that really complicated design on his left shoulder pad um, and now you're seeing those same designs the same patterns coming onto the primary space I mean, the stripes down the helmet um the the checkered patterns on the knee pads um even the fact that they've got lieutenants back you know that's a big step back in some ways that's harking right back to second uh, uh, to even rogue trader and the and the organization of space Marine chapters in rogue trader um so yeah they, they've made they've definitely tipped their hat um to the right from where it started and i'm really excited to see that and I'm really excited to see what they do with the other armies as well, because um, mm. that, that's going to be wicked. Yeah, it's going to be I great. Think, uh, and their release schedule's fast enough that we're going to see a lot oh, of armies soon, Oh, the release soon, schedule's insane. And, and if you pay attention to the job applications, you know, Games Workshop, keep they keep looking for ma- like trainee mould makers and heavy metal painters. They're, they're, they're not going to decrease the size of the studio. Um, no. And certainly if their financial mm. performance continues the way it has been trending there would be no need <laughs> you know just keep going <laughs> so anyway that's a bit about what i we think about eighth edition obviously us along with many others are looking forward to picking it up and in the next podcast i'm sure we'll talk about first impressions tomorrow yeah it's, it's coming tomorrow yes. Cool. So, um, up next, guys, we're going to move away from the grim darkness of the future and go and have a little wander around the mortal realms. Talk a bit about Age of Sigma and a hobby we do with that. So, um, mm-hmm. we're going to pop off, have a quick break, uh, grab a cup of tea. I suggest you do the same, and we'll be back shortly. Hi guys, welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk uh, now about Age of Sigma. Uh, Age of Sigma. <laughs> so Age of Sigma for me is quite a new thing because I quite literally uh, threw my toys at the pram when they got rid of the uh, Warhammer universe. I don't think I'm alone in that. There's uh, been a fair few. Yes, you are. No, mate. There's, yes, there's been a few people are. that's been equally as upset. I have videos I've seen of people burning their armies. Um, which is a totally ridiculous thing to do, but, uh, you know, each to their own. Um, so for me, actually, Age of Sigmar is quite a new thing. I'm just I'm just exploring the universe, and um, I'm really enjoying it, actually. I think the first time I really got where you they were going You know why you're this, really enjoying it, Ben? Why is that? Because it's freaking awesome! <laughs> but yeah, and it's true, it is awesome, um, but I didn't get where they were going until I went and saw the uh, the hobby hall, the, no, the miniature it, hall. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, you walk in that door. And there's that floating island, um, Sigmarines versus Corn. Oh, it's just... And the moment I walked through the door, I saw that and I thought, I get this, I get what they're trying to do now. Um, whereas before, it just felt like they... Just... I was really fortunate because I was there. I was there the day Ben realised, and it was good. 
It was yeah. fantastic. So music, yeah. a choir of angels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a choir of angels descended on bolts of lightning. <laughs> yeah. Nah, mate, over the moon to hear you say that because I know, I know that I I made reference earlier in the podcast to how I get really excited, and Age of Sigma is a classic yeah. example. Straight away, flipping loved it. Straight in there, was in there at midnight in Games yeah. Workshop, bought my set absolutely loved age of sigma the next day we drove to warhammer world and played it um we were the only people <laughs> the day after the launch the only people playing age of sigma in warhammer yeah. world. it was a real shame uh but that was the past so i i flipping love it and i saw a map there's a map drawing in the the main book and it shows like all these different levels and yeah. it talks about the mortal rounds and i just got it straight away i just flipping love it um and the, a little bit like avatar with the floating islands and stuff yeah, like that yeah for me yeah. that is the mortal realms and yeah. don't get me wrong i love the warhammer world i absolutely love the war it's a fantastic setting it's still a fantastic setting there is still there's going to be a warhammer fantasy role play there's a new one of those coming out we've still got great really good computer games if that floats your boat let's be honest i've still got my eighth edition rule books up in yeah, the loft. Yeah. If I yeah. and my high elf army is next to me, if I want to play in the Warhammer world and defend Ulfwan, I can. Um, yeah. it's a great setting, but my goodness, the Mortal Realms is incredible. It is just so mystical and so magical, and the stuff you can do with the terrain. He's uh, he's not getting paid for this, by the way. This no, is... oh, mate, I I just I absolutely <laughs> We're not so taking I am commission. <laughs> buzzing for Age of Sigma right now. I've got three and a half thousand points of Stormcast um, that I painted up just because I was like, oh, I've got to do it. Oh, I you really do, want to you have to put photos of that army up. Because, yeah, I'll uh, get some up. I'll get yeah, some it's up. an amazing army. Really, so really what good I love, army. so I've done little objectives because um, w to represent where the prosecutors throw in their spears and Sigma bolts of lightning them in. <laughs> I flipping love it. And the gameplay is so good. I played in a tournament recently and... Um, I think I came middle of the table. I came fifth, I think. Um, it was only 13 people, to be fair. It wasn't like some massive thing. Uh, but it was good fun. And I love how the rules work. I love the fact that you can move around so freely. There's less little bits of arguments and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the more background that I read, the more stuff I see. I've just got Warhammer Skirmish and read about Shadespire. And it's just so good it's so fantastical and the realm gates and the all gates and there's in one of them in one of them i think it's god beasts is it god beasts they, i don't the know dwarves, the dwarves have to go and what is it they do they basically whole armies are climbing up chains that are attached to a dragon the big fire dragon dude and burning up to, to hammer like a rune into its side. Like chains that are so big. The links are so big. Armies can work. It's just amazing. It's just so flipping fantastic. Um, <laughs> and I think... Uh, the, the I quite like it. it. Is... I, I do quite like it. Uh, really? Uh, I mean, it hasn't come across. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think the thing about those this new setting wiping the slate clean it's actually that they've uh, they've got an opportunity to expand things a lot more and um and come up with new ideas i mean we've just seen those uh, that with the carriage and overlords and uh, mm. when i first saw them i love the model i love floating airships um in almost any fantasy setting, I love floating I airships. I do want a dwarven version of Robert De Niro dressed as a woman. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's the first it's the <laughs> image I have in my head is that film as well, and I forgot the name of it now. Stardust. Uh, Stardust, brilliant. Um, but actually, again, once more, I I didn't get it fully until I oh, saw yes, the gaming table board that at you Warhammer saw. Fest. Oh, man, with the clouds and the airships coming up through the clouds and the boarding parties and the harpoons and i saw that and i thought yeah i think brilliant. all this just points to the fact that i live in a fantastical world in my head because yeah. i i just i just 
yeah, I just get Age of Sigmar. I just think it's fu- it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to have to think of some proper reasons, though, aren't I? Because all I've said so far is it's fantastic. Yeah, you haven't it's fantastic. really backed it up with anything other than, I just love it, man. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, uh, the variety. So the variety is great. The variety yeah. of the Mortal Realms. So you've got the eight Mortal Realms at the moment. Um, yeah. One for each of the, the Laws of Magic that were, um, that are really themed around that. Um, yeah magical so i i really like that variety and that means that you can have armies so you can have dwarves that are fire dwarves and then you've got dwarves that are in the air in the realm of metal because they've got aether gold which allows them to float around um and the fantastical level of it it's just taken to the level where anything is possible yeah um in a magical way and i think i'm excited to build battlefields that reflect that and that display you mentioned then yeah really captured for me the mortal realms with the floating islands and the impossible things you know yeah and and you could totally have a game like that where actually you know there is dead space uh where you can't go unless you're an airship yeah Uh, and that's that's totally possible and that's really exciting and the warhammer world was a fantastic Careful. and it is a fantastic world. No, no, Careful I'm not. Gonna, you know, I, I, I invested a lot of time and money, and I loved the Warhammer world. Don't get me wrong. And one of the lovely, the great things about the Warhammer world, it was something that Lord of the Rings has, which is a is a kind of a realism to it. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, it was more fantastical than Lord of the Rings, definitely, but it's still. You know, gravity was still a thing yeah, yeah, in the Warhammer world, wasn't it? Um, well, she thinks so. People weren't floating around. <laughs> no, which, which means also that, you know, the size of beasts, etc., was restricted yeah. um, because of that sense of realism. Well, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That just is what it was. That You don't have that in the mortal realms. So there is gravity. People stay on the floor. But then in other areas, there's not. And people float around. You know, there's a bit where there's a giant worm. There's a giant worm that keeps this um, bowl of molten silver molten, and it overflows. Um, and there's a wa- so there's a waterfall down to another part of the realm, and Dracothian comes along, uh, who's the good guy, big Star Drake guy, and chases this silver worm away, the Argentine worm. And so that it's not warming up the bowl of metal. And the, the so the waterfall slowly solidifies so that the Stormcast army that's at the bottom can climb the waterfall to get to the top. <laughs> it, it's incredibly fantastical. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's freed up the miniatures designers. So you've got yeah. round bases. You haven't got the, we've got a rank up. Oh, I've stabbed my spear into his butt type thing God. going on. It's so hard sometimes to model a decent unit when they had to rank up. Uh, the Blackhawks just were appalling. I went to put them together for the Games Workshop um, Plymouth, um, and I could not get them to fit together. <laughs> I ended up having to do some uh, fairly serious hack jobs to get them all to fit into the movement tray. Um, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But but for me, that realism actually is, is really important because... The mortal realms, I get the fantastical side of it, but there has to be a personal level. There has to be well, and there the, always will the, be because the struggle the of individuals, army. and they have to be, you know, the humans desperately trying to defend against chaos. For me, that was so much a part of Warhammer Fantasy, um, and it ha- uh, it was only when I found that again in, in the mortal realms that actually I was able to sort of let the Warhammer world not die. But you know, rest in peace, I suppose. Um, and now I'm I'm pretty excited about starting uh, starting a new army, the Age of Sigma, um, rather than my old elves. Um, but slightly disappointed there isn't an elf range out yet. But I'm hoping that's going to change soon. Elves are gone, man. They're not in Age of Sigma. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me throwing my toys out of the pram completely. Again. <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm quite excited about that. So, what are you gonna? Are you gonna do something in the interim? I know you've got the starter set. Yeah, I, it's difficult because I really love the. Is it Sylvaneth? Yeah. Love them. The um, tree people. 
yeah, and I got I got a few wood elves kicking around, so I might um, might do something to do with those. But actually, I think I'd quite like to do uh, a high elf army using the Age of Sigma stuff, and then add to it um, when the elf stuff comes out. Um, yeah, I mean, lots lots to choose from. I'm not really having to think about it, but um, baby steps at the moment because uh, actually. Really, the, the most of my time is going to be taken up with Eighth uh, Edition Forty K, uh, which we've just spoken about. So you've started reading, um, reading the background now, haven't you? I've read it. Yeah, I read the yeah. core rule book. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, spent the whole time reading the core book. Where okay, so when did the elves come? Or when did the elves? <laughs> I got to the end. I was like, oh, where are the damn elves? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so immediately on the phone to Dan going, all right, so where's the elves? <laughs> it's like, no, they're not there yet, man. They're gone. <laughs> They'll be back. Yeah, I hope so. And you only have to look at the the other ranges to be excited. Oh, yeah, and the, and the, the elf model in uh, Warhammer Quest. Well, oh, man, was it good to see Warhammer Quest again after all this time. Yeah, love that. Love yeah, the old one. Love Hero fun. Quest. Love, loved Advanced Hero Quest. Love... <laughs> The best thing about Hero Quest is the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have to link that on the page. I think. <laughs> well, uh, for the people who haven't seen it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm quite excited about Age of Sigma. Probably not quite as excited as Dan, but um, yeah, I think you and a lot of other people, mate. It's no secret. In fact, Games Workshop themselves talk about the journey that Age of Sigma has gone on as a game. Um, yeah, I think a lot of miniatures companies some of the smaller ones have have really been able to incle- increase their player base because of what went on um certainly you'd never seen kings of war played until this happened and um or i hadn't anyway and then of course there's the ninth age uh community which is growing or grown or what have you certainly in the area where i game i see see them playing and there's a big tournament recently so it's nice if people can enjoy enjoy their continue to enjoy their hobby and and what they've invested in it but ultimately um if we are to keep our games workshop and their fantastic models it needs to sell miniatures yeah i think they made a lot of mistakes with sigma though didn't i i I didn't think the release was done anywhere near as well no i was really disappointed by the lack of passion in the stores i went into um, well, I don't think they sold it to their staff members. I think it just, it, it was so unexpected. It was, oh, there's going to be a new edition of Warhammer Fantasy, and here it is, and it's not Warhammer Fantasy, and oh well, you know, suck it up. And there were so many questions. I had so many questions at the time. I was like, hang on a minute. What have you done? Why have you got rid of it? And where the hell is the points values? And, <laughs> yeah. ex- you know, so many things that, uh, so many things that just, weren't answered their reasoning their methodology why they'd got there what they were trying to do all of that seemed really elusive um and in some ways the fact that they've done that and had to learn they've done things like the general's handbook they've done new things that they haven't tried before and that has really played dividends because actually now this new 40k release is is feels like they've learned a ton of lessons from age of sigma um and now I feel like we're in a position where we've got two really accessible games. The 40k release feels like, you know, like it's well thought out, like it's properly planned out and it's been presented in a sensible way so that I don't feel overwhelmed by the change. I know some people do. Reading Facebook gets a bit salty on there, um, especially every day with the new release. We're going to have to have a segment. We're going to have to have a segment where... You pick the saltiest comment you've seen on Facebook <laughs> and we discuss because I know you look at them and I know, unlike me, you wade in. I think every oh, now I and do. then I wade in, but I don't I don't very often. Uh, they <laughs> usually do it with a big massive script and all the rest where um I've seen some cracking responses from you. So I'd I'd love to <laughs> I'd love to have a little segment. You know. Ben's Ben's grumblers, we'll call it. And then uh... oh, I love getting wound up by it <laughs> I know so man I, I, know you the... do. I get links I get links constantly <laughs> of like look at this doofus <laughs> and it's just brilliant <laughs> yeah but I think it's it's quite fun but um, actually you know when you when you pick away at the surface of some of those things there's interesting thoughts going around 
that perhaps are presented in a crappy way. Uh, I think um, it's made me think differently about things and I, I really enjoy the Facebook communities because as much as there's a lot of bitching, there's also an incredible amount of stuff being shared on there um, that just totally I would not have thought of. I, for example, today, on theme with Age of Sigma, I saw a, mod- a model painted, the um, Stormcast uh, guy from the the new uh, Hero Quest box set, Hero Quest, the Warmer Quest box set, and um, they've painted his head a shining blue colour, separate, like a real bright colour, um, with a burnished kind of gold armour, and it just looks amazing. And I will link that on Facebook so people know what I'm talking about. I'd have never thought to have done that, and there it is on Facebook. So for me, actually, as much as those communities can be a bit salty they're they're just a great source of fun yeah and good ideas yeah well certainly good point to to end today's discussion on on age of sigma is talking about community and how cool it is so um that's us on age of sigma for this week we're going to be back in a minute guys to tell you a little bit about a project we've got in the offing around the tale of many gamers style thing uh thanks for listening in to age of sigma and we'll be back soon see you in a bit guys Welcome back then. So the pod has nearly reached the planet's surface. It's almost time for Ben and I to go forth <laughs> crusade and bring some excitement about the hobby to people. Um, they don't know what's going to hit them. But lastly, before we do that, we wanted to talk about our tale of many gamers um, or basically uh, a flashy way to give us an excuse to start something new for 8th edition. Yeah, um, Ben has decided that he wants to do Space Wolves and I need to give him a bloody good drubbing. So um, it's Thousand Suns. Revenge <laughs> is a dish best served with a lot of dust, apparently. So um, yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't really know quite what form it's going to take yet, how many units we're going to do. Um, I've already started tapping up other members of my games group to get involved as well. Um, but essentially, yeah. Ben has a lot of Thousand Suns, uh, not Thousand Suns, ooh, ooh. Whoa! On, wash your a, mouth a out, lot man. of space wolf miniatures. Um, because I do. He's yeah. been drinking heavily. No, no, Ben doesn't drink. So. <laughs> uh, he has a lot of space wolf miniatures. Um, I don't need any more miniatures, but I'd want some more miniatures. So I am gonna do some thousand suns to bite them. So what are we gonna do, Ben? How many units Basically, are you gonna paint, Ben? Walking funeral urns. Yeah, all this dust, my friend. All this dust. <laughs> And you could use it to fertilise a planet, mm. you know. Potentially, yes. So, uh, points-wise, yeah. What are we going to well, do? How, we this don't is all know, about do we? Now, isn't it? We don't know how many points. No, how many don't. points is a man? Who knows? Well, we'll find how out tomorrow. Um, I think. Uh, I, think I reckon we should try and do a squad and a single model, single miniature. So, for example, uh, and that's over a, over a four-week period. Yeah, I think that's re- I think that's pretty so if, reasonable. If we said we were going to do a squad and a character, or a squad and a transport, or a squad and a tank, yeah, or a tank, yeah, and a tank. I think so. And yeah, because I think uh, I think that's perfectly achievable. Because uh, we've spoken about it already on this podcast, and I'm sure uh, at times, uh, if you listen carefully, you can hear our kids in the background. Um, but you know, it's part of this is about fitting hobby around our lives, and I think. You know what is an achievable amount to paint in a month is uh, for some people they've got free time, um, and others they don't. And I think uh, one of the things that we want to explore a little bit is how we fit our hobby into our lives. And uh, I think a squad and a vehicle is a very achievable thing. I will point out that uh, in painting the vehicle, I will be learning how to use an airbrush for the first time. So that could turn out to be utterly catastrophic um or pretty awesome don't know we'll see um so that sounds pretty good and uh, gaming wise how are we going to crack on with that because um tale of tale of many gamers is fairly pointless without uh gaming well i think we're gonna have to be realistic i reckon if we could play every two months we would be that would be good yeah because reminding listeners that we we live in uh quite a long way away um, but hopefully in between we'll be playing with people local yes. to us uh, and I'll be talking about taking my army out and um, and playing people local to me. Um, but then that, every couple of months 
getting to play Dan uh, and seeing how we're going and sharing those experiences yeah. with the new edition rules. Are we going to go for a competitive competitive play or should we narrative it up a bit and see how well, things go? I think once we've got the rule books and stuff, that'll give us a chance to decide. But my gut feeling is saying narrative and power levels um, yeah, because it's easier to add up. <laughs> Um, that yeah, that that's where my my gut feeling is with it. Um, I think that it suits our styles. Yeah. But then, equally, Ben, you know, you you're just you've just got a new club starting up, so some of it may be led more by those guys. So they what you know what they're playing. Yeah, they might yeah. want to yeah. play matched play, and yeah. in that case, we might go match play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Starting a new club is always really exciting isn't it because uh it normally comes out of actually a group of gamers in an area realizing that you know my local club is an hour and a half away or it's in plymouth which is an hour away or bude which is round back lanes and god knows what into the dark ages uh and a group of people coming together and saying you know we need a gaming club here so we can play here um and not have to travel for hours so and there's a quite a lot of excitement um, and listening to the guys on the Facebook page is really quite cool. They, they've got ideas. Um, and they were meeting for the first time tonight, which is uh, great timing and bad timing in the same in, in the sense. But uh, uh, hopefully, what will come out of that is uh, you know a regular regular meeting gaming club. And I think setting up a new gaming club is always an exciting thing because uh, you get to play on new scenery, build, building new scenery, you know, lots of stuff to do. Yeah, and meeting new people, um, quite expanding your community, uh, especially with the scenery side. Thing. You've set up a few yourself, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, um, the first one was is still the biggest, um, and that was in a pub, or it is in a pub, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> is it still going? Yeah, yeah, it's still going. Yeah, yeah. It's the one in the basement, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, cross swords. Yeah. so down in near Plymouth. Um, really enjoyed setting that up, but I would say certainly when we when we really expanded it i was 17 18 um i was very fortunate to have a job and i spent an awful lot of money and a lot of time to do all the scenery and get everything going and i think in hindsight (laughs) that was a lot of money so but it was good fun it was good fun and it is good to have a gaming club um yeah but what i have found because I've I've recently, or about two years ago, um, started one myself. And whilst we were growing, it just takes a lot of your hobby time, and it's that's limited. You know, if you're building scenery for ten tables at a games club, you could paint a lot of miniatures in that time. Um, yeah, and that's why I'm really pleased. That yeah, I'm really lucky that I've got Bristol Independent down the road, and you know, if I want a game within fifteen minutes, I can be there setting up on a table playing a game it's really good yeah and and we will post links to all these places so cross swords um bristol independent gaming um and if the one i'm i'm gonna uh, be going along to if that if that develops a a facebook page and a community then i'll I'll, post links for that too because um you know if people are listening to this and they're local to us you know pop down and see us play a game join in we'd love to meet you yeah absolutely I'd, i'd i'd echo that definitely so um, for next time, then, I am going to try and get a unit of Thousand Suns painted, Ben. One box set. Okay. There has to be a proviso here. If I see one dead Space Wolf on any of your bases, all right, I'm going to burn your hobby room. Right. <laughs> I'm just carefully putting down the knife and the Space Wolf miniature <laughs> I was holding. <laughs> no, it's, it's fair, because what I think would be pretty cool but uh, I quite like theming models, bases, and surroundings, depending on the battles that you've played. So uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm going to tie my bases in with my corn. So with my corn, they're on like a, I don't know, a deserty, not desert, not a blasted wasteland, I suppose, with little piles of skulls and dead tufts. So with the zinch, I want to do the same blasted wasteland but instead of skulls little crystals and paint up little yeah. crystals and things oh so yeah it will still fit but it'll have that theme because ultimately the dream is 
a huge chaos army that can yeah. then fight against a huge imperial army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's um, you can get crystals, can't you? For clear plastic crystals from companies like Greenstuff.com and stuff like that. So yeah, I've got uh, a little pot full of them. Um, are you going to paint them or leave them crystal coloured? Paint them. Paint them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All day long. Are you in the school of thought of uh, we're off topic now completely, but we might diverge sort of quite a lot when we're talking. And yes, I am of that school of thought. <laughs> yeah, where you paint everything so it brings it in line rather than having, you know, clear plastic and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't. Oh yeah. I see. I have left the plastic canopies on my Eldar from a long time ago, and I'm not sure what see-through ones. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally for see-through canopies. Yeah, that that is definite. But uh, but when it comes to things like the the crystal at the top of the Necron um, uh, monolith, yeah, that that bad boy gets painted. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, because a, a green plastic just looks guffing. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> and on that note, <laughs> that's fantastic. Right. Well, thank you all for joining us. The two peas in a pod. For our first uh, episode and our first go at podcasting, we hope we've not. Yeah. Nobody's asleep. If you are, wake up, wake <laughs> up. Um, it's you know, it's over. You've survived. <laughs> <laughs> we're um, <laughs> we're about to make planet fall in our pod. Um, maybe maybe go to bed. In fact, it's getting late, but it's been fantastic chatting with you, Ben. Uh, yeah, too, I man. really hope. I really do hope everybody's enjoyed it. Thank you very much for joining us, um, guys. I'm Dan. Yeah, and please get involved on the on the Facebook. You know, really, we'll have a page there. Um, please leave comments. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback um, and improve it. That's the whole point. You know, we want to do a podcast that people want to listen to. So, um, please get involved on the Facebook. And he's Ben. <laughs> Thank you very, very much, and um, good night, guys. <laughs>